super pumped about this episode of Funny How Life Works. In fact, the name of this episode really is Funny How Life Works dash the book chapter three. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is the name of this episode. I mean, you know, because you're here. This is Funny How Life Works. But the title of it, because we always put a little ass on it. Did you cuss? People. Nope, didn't. It's funny how life works as the book, chapter three, as read by three comedians. So who are those three comedians? First of all, let me say today, tech guy Nick, who is awesome and amazing, who we really, really like a lot, is not going to be here today. But I'll probably give him a call to see if he's around. He's not expecting me to call him. He has some stuff going on where he was trying to log into eHarmony and uh, it wasn't working that well. <laughs> Just, so today with me, I got my two friends who you probably know from before, but I have Mrs. Dory. Mrs. Dory? That seems a little formal. Then I got Mike Goodwin up in this spot. Dory, say hello to the humans. Hello, humans. So good to be here. Yes. Dory, tell them about yourself so they know who you are, how you get down, and then we're going to tell them what it is we're going Wait, 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 wait. Before we do that, this was really just a teaser. So you're actually about to hear a chapter or a portion of a chapter, depending on how far we get, of a book I wrote called Funny How Life Works. But we're going to read it and go through it as three comedians. <laughs> this is about to be fun. Now I want to give a shout out to our non-sponsor sponsor, which is anybody, any of my guests know who it is before I introduce you guys? Who knows who my non-sponsor sponsor is? You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Really, really. Anybody know who the non-sponsor sponsor? You you know what a non-sponsor sponsor is? You've been on this podcast before. Yeah. What is it? Sponsored by Michael Jr. No, that would be weird. Sponsored by my nonprofit, (laughs) which makes it more legal. (laughs) Anyway, it's uh the nonprofit is called Funny for the Forgotten. We do shout out other nonprofits. I just normally meet those nonprofits while I'm on the road doing events, and I hadn't been on the road doing events. So right now, the non-sponsor sponsor is Funny for the Forgotten, where we take funny to the people who seem to have been forgotten. Homeless shelters, prisons, abuse children facilities. So if you want to be a part of helping that take place, all you got to do is go to funnyfortheforgotten.com or .org. I think we had to buy them all. And you can give some money so we can take them funny. Ooh, you guys should do some of those shows with me. Anyway, let me introduce my guest. <laughs> we As I mentioned... As I, as I mentioned, tech guy Nick is not here today. He is not here. I know he has a fan out there, and I want to let that person know <laughs> that, he, that he's not available. So, Gail, this is not the episode for you to listen to. That is mom. Gail is his mom. Yeah, that's his mom. <laughs> she, she listened. He, she actually wrote us a letter and said, tech guy Nick is my second favorite person. On the show. I was like, well, there's two of us. <laughs> And then Akilah joined as a producer, so I think he dropped a little bit on that, too. But we may call him randomly. Meanwhile, I have two amazing guests, as I mentioned. We got Dory McLemore. I say it right? I always say it wrong. I did say it right. And then we got Mike Goodwin, who's, who's awesome as well. Dory, tell them about yourself so they can know and understand what it is we're about to do. We're about to have some fun reading a book called Funny How Life Works and jumping in. Dory, what's your story? Yeah, I'm Dory McLemore, like the rapper, but no relation, surprisingly. Um, There's a rapper called Dory McLemore? (laughs) No, no, it's just last name. Really? What does that sound like? Yo, my name is Dory. Here's my story. I'm not the fish from the ocean. Oh, that's true. You would be disqualified as a rapper. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, okay, okay. I cannot rap. Um, so but Dory I can... oh, has opened up for me before in a really cool way. When I say opened up, I mean like she's opened up my comedy show. Not that she shared her heart with me. <laughs> I can't believe my dad did that when I was seven. <laughs> he told me I was nobody. Like it wasn't open up like that. She's opened up comedy for me. She's hilarious, really funny. One of one of my favorite storytellers. Period. And then uh, where can they find you at, Dory? If somebody wants to check you out, DoryComedy.com and Instagram and Twitter and all those good things. Dory Comedy with an I E, not a Y, like the fish on Finding Nemo. They spelled it wrong. So. <laughs> yeah, Finding. Make sure you you clearly pronunciate Nemo, okay? Because yeah, finding Nemo on a rap tour yeah. that would be you can't just yeah, because yeah, that's clearly <laughs> Nemo. Like you said that. Oh, shoot. <laughs> no, Nemo. Yeah, so Nemo. be careful. Just be careful. It's February too. It's Black History Month. Shout out to so, Black History Month. Yeah, Dory, tell us. Well, let me go into Mike real quick. So Mike Goodwin is awesome. In fact, if you go to my Facebook page, I recently posted a video of Mike Goodwin on stage, smashing the audience, laughing extremely hard. All of them were my jokes he was performing on. <laughs> Other than that, hilarious. Hilarious otherwise. <laughs> so Mike Goodwin, tell them where, we can, where people can find you and stuff. Uh, man, thanks for the uh, compliment. Thank you for loaning me those jokes too. You can find me at Otai Comedy <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter and at Comedian Mike Goodwin on Facebook. I just dropped a dry bar comedy special. You can check it out. What you're not going to do is not laugh at these jokes. Yes. So good. Ooh, that's the name of it. It sounded like a whole sentence right there. <laughs> but it, that's kind of what it's called. What you're not going to do. Is okay, cool. So back to Black History Month before we get into my book. Dory, what do you know about this? Just, oh, just, my just, gosh. <laughs> you're so just wrong. Clarity, me and Mike Goodwin are both handsome African-Americans. And uh, Dory is not a handsome African-American man. She is actually... A beautiful uh, white woman. So, if we rewind, if the reason Black History Month exists, if if Martin Luther King dream has not actually been fulfilled, this podcast can't happen. Like, it actually, we all couldn't be on here together. I feel like there should and be some like applause right there. Like, yay, yay, yay we do it. Martin Luther King had a dream. <laughs> what if people that took no dose that night? <laughs> like, we would just. He was like, I was up all night last night. Thinking about uh, this anyway, Dory. Yes. What do you know aside from Martin Luther King about Black History Month? I'm just checking our school system. Can't pull out Martin Luther King. What do you know about Black History Month? I just know that it's an emphasis month. A what? Did you just try to use a big word <laughs> just to make it sound more important in your life? <laughs> I I really don't know anything. Oh, it's man. horrible. Yeah. Wow. I know. Wow, Mike. What do you know about White History Month? <laughs> uh, I mean, the other 11. What do you know? That's like January, March. Oh, my God. Got Thomas, Thomas Edison. He, he created the peanut. What else we know? Let's just be just as ignorant George as Dory. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Nah. Like, we got George. Yeah, George Washington. Yeah, I Abraham never lied. Abraham lying. never lied. Remember they told us he never yeah. lied? I'm like, never? He never lied. And he was George. president? I don't know if he could do that. <laughs> Who had wooden teeth? George Washington. Somebody had wooden teeth. Cool. Dory, you can jump in with a black history fact any, at any point. <laughs> oh jump God. in. Stop us. There was that, okay, that cool. first baseball player. I forget his name. <laughs> 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 the, first, 
<laughs> Listen, people played before him, by Satchel the way. Page. Like, he didn't just... <laughs> Beirut. That's who it was. It was yeah. Beirut. It was somebody else. Another That's guy. Cool. They made a movie about yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> and Dory saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. <laughs> that That's guy dope. just died. He played him. Hey, so it's dope, right? It's Black History Month. And we get to actually, like, we as just some people from different backgrounds, even though me and Mike are both black or African-American, whatever, we still completely different people. And we got Dory on the phone. And we get to laugh and have fun. I think the more we can laugh at our differences, the less important they become. Like, we understand we're more like each other because we can laugh with, at, and around each other. Ooh, that was pretty dope. That might have been the off-the-cuff moment just now. I don't know for sure. That could have been off-the-cuff. So, speaking of which, I guess we should jump into this thing, man. So... Just to set the page, right? So we're all on the same page, not satchel page. You know what that is? No. Dory? (laughs) No. What was the last book you read, Dory? (laughs) Atomic Habits. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a good book. It is a good book. Dory, that's not the last book you read. Yeah. Or the Bible this morning. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, cool. Because you were supposed to read Funny How Life Works oh, before oh, this that's happened. Right. No, just... you're right. <laughs> that was quite a okay. segue there, uh, Dory. Wow. I'm trying to get to the segue. I'm missing the alley-oop. I'm to get this segue. I'm missing the alley-oop, buddy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> here's what we're going to do, guys. So Bumbo. I wrote a book called Funny How Life Works. It's available. Actually, if you pre-order the book, depending on when you hear this podcast, if you pre-order it, or if you order it, you go to funnyhowlifeworksbook.com. That's funnyhowlifeworksbooks.com. In fact, let's try this. Let's see who could come up with the best jingle in the next one minute between the three of us for funnyhowlifeworksbook.com. I'll go first. Y'all could be thinking. It's funnyhowlifeworksbook.com. Funnyhowlifeworksbook.com. That's mine. Mike, go ahead. Dory needs more time. Go ahead. All right. A boom. Funny. Ha ha. Ha ha. Funny, funny. Ha ha. Ha life works. Funny. Ha-ha. Funny. Ha ha. life works. Book.com. You, you got to say it right, though. Otherwise, you're going to go to the wrong place. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, that was dope. That was well done. Dory, go ahead. Oh, my gosh. This is going to no, be horrible. No, that's the wrong title. That's the wrong title. Go ahead. Funny. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Book.com. <laughs> that was actually kind of dope. I'm not I actually doing it again. Like that, was, that, was, that was great, actually. That was, so it's funny how lifeworksbook.com, you can get it. And if you order the book through, if you click on the link or if you buy it on Amazon or if you get it on anywhere books are sold, if you email us a screenshot of your receipt, we're actually going to give you a download of my comedy special laughing on purpose so we're going to send you a download you can watch with your whole family it's like 70 minutes of funny so you get that so just go to funnyhowlifeworksbook.com and when you send back your receipt because this will help us get on the bestsellers list and i only wrote two books i wrote a children's book and this one so if this one sells more than my children's book it'll be a bestseller (laughs) that's good we do want to hit new york time too so i appreciate you guys much so with that being said what we decided to do is we went on ahead and uh we're going to read the book or we're going to read a portion of a chapter to you guys. And then I'm going to allow my friends here to ask me any questions they want. We also might randomly call tech guy Nick just because, you know, he's a cool guy and everything. If his phone is still on. <laughs> I, don't know if he, 
don't know if it's still on. He was he was still in phone service. Remember when you used to be able to steal phone service, Mike? On the wire. Yeah. Yeah, you used yeah. to, to climb up on the little pole and re-hook the wires up. Wire, you ever do that, right. Dory? <laughs> you ever do that, Dory? <laughs> no. She's like, no, we just paid it. Oh, my gosh. You could do that with cable, was, too. Cable, yeah. Cable, still a cable. People still. <laughs> people still still a cable. Now people still Which internet is, services. Wi-Fi. I hope a friend write a joke once where he said, hey, man, I want to write a joke about breaking up my girlfriend and taking my stuff from her. Because he was a physical comedian, I was like, dude, you got to go in there when you're breaking up with her and be like, and you're trying to take your Wi-Fi out the air. You just got to do a bunch of movement. Like, get my Wi-Fi. Just give it in. Like, you're just grabbing your Wi-Fi out the air. All right. So what chapter did you decide of the book? Which chapter do you want to read, Dory? I think we're going to do chapter chapter three first. Come out of the pit. Chapter three. Ooh, chapter three is called Coming Out of the Pit. Is that right, Akilah? All right. So this is a brand new experience for me. I've never listened to somebody read my book. And then you guys can stop and pause. You know how we do when we read books, right? This is like funny how life works. Read a book, really. So read away. Mike, you have not read this book, right? I have not. You have not read the book. Dory's going to read the book for us. And then you can stop and ask questions. I can explain some stuff. We can expound a little bit. But the reason I wrote this book is because I know laughter opens up hearts. So you'll laugh, but you're also going to learn some stuff. All of it's not funny. Some of it is about digging in and, and helping people see, you know, well, we'll just find out. So let's do the thing. Dory, what's the story? All right. Chapter three, come out of the pit. The best jokes written are the ones that start with a punchline in mind. He Wait, or she Dory, knows. Can you do it in my voice, please? Dory, Dory, can you do it in my voice, please? <laughs> what? How well, would I do it in your like- voice? That was amazing. I'm just playing. I was just. I wanted you to be quiet. I was going to start saying it, oh. and then the listeners was going to be amazed. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Never mind. Never mind. Just here. Read it in Mike's voice. The best joke <laughs> are the ones that start with punchline. Wow, Dora, you are amazing. That's first pretty of all. good. That was amazing, but that's okay. I like your voice. Doing your voice. Okay. <laughs> the best jokes written are the ones that start with a punchline in mind. He or she knows exactly how the bit will end. There's a premise, two guys walk into a bar, and there's a setup. But the punchline is the destination the comedian has in mind. The order of how the information is shared is deliberate. It's going somewhere. I've discovered this isn't just true in comedy. It's true in life, too. If you'll live your life with the punchline in mind, you'll live a life of meaning and purpose. In other words, when you have a goal... Wait, stop right there. Okay. Let's just... Hey, hey, let's reintroduce our parents to something else. Okay, so the first time we ever read a book together, you guys remember this? Yes. We read Bob Goff's book, and spontaneously something really great took place. And I'd like to re—I like to recreate that organically without doing it on purpose. So, Mike, if you could reset that up organically without doing it on purpose, that'd be great. So our new listeners would understand what it is we're going to be doing here when we read the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem at all. Read. <laughs> Okay, so what you got to explain. Okay, okay. So let me explain to everybody. What, can you set that up and where that came from so people know what that means? So, I yeah. You, got set so I, you know, I grew up in the black church, right? And so in the black church, there would be a preacher. But the preacher, for some reason, wouldn't read the scriptures on his own. He would have someone there to read the scriptures because I guess it would take too and, much time for him to preach and, and let me, read. Let me ask this. At the black church, was there always somebody – stuck down in a hole where water is normally at and they would yell up to let you know where they are sometimes sometimes be like well like like well. that yeah okay because it was in the well okay where, are, where you at well <laughs> well so then the preacher the pastor 
when he wanted a scripture read, he would just yell out, read. Right. Then, the person start reading. The uh, second start second reading. Isaiah says, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then when Dory. he wanted the person mm -hmm. to stop, the pastor would say, stop right there. Stop right there. <laughs> so we're going to apply that here if we want to. Dory, if you have any comments about the story as well, feel free, but carry on, please. Okay. Oh, read. Read. Okay. There you go. That's what we're looking for. Read. Wow, we've come a long way. A long way. Because, boy, 55 years ago, can you talk to a woman? A white woman like that? What is wrong with you, boy? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. In other words, when you have a goal, when you know where you're going, every experience becomes a stepping stone and every day becomes valuable. Your decisions, your actions, your attitude, they are all shaped by the place you want to get to, the punchline. This is something I've had to learn. I didn't always live with the punchline in mind. In fact, there were many years of my life that could be best described as a monologue of rabbit trails. No real premise, no identifiable setup, and therefore no punchline. I was floating around really in survival mode, just figuring things out as I went. If the song lyrics sitting on the dock of the bay wasting time hadn't already been written, I would have written them. However, I wouldn't have actually gotten the song published because that would have been a punchline. This is especially true of my teenage years. But as I look back, it's interesting that even during that time, I was learning lessons that were preparing me for my ultimate calling. As a teenager with an understanding of comedic timing and a healthy appetite to please my friends, I wasn't really a stranger to making bold moves to get what I wanted. Now I felt stop the right need there. to make stop right bold. There. Stop, right. Yeah, stop yeah, yeah. right there. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. So can you just do a quick commercial break and do the jingle? Who? Where did they get the book at, Dory? Where can they get the book? <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> Book.com. Okay, go ahead. Read. Okay. Read. Okay. Um, now I felt the need to make a bold move in another area of my life at work. And what a lesson a brother learned. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, Stop, right, there. Right, there. Stop right there. Stop right there. You didn't Stop seem brother. very comfortable can't be saying it. You didn't it's seem not, comfortable saying brother there. It's, it's not brother, okay? I need you to say brother because that's how I would say it, okay? I need you to fix it, okay? Back, rewind yourself up. Okay. I need you to say you, you didn't sound a lesson a brother learned, okay? All right. Well, Go, how do I say it over. then, brother? No, no, that's too much. That's too much sauce. You put too much sauce on it. You're overcorrecting right now. If you was in a car, you'd be spinning out right now on ice. You put a little bit too much season on it just okay. now. Yeah, too much season. Go ahead. Okay. And what a lesson a brother learned. <laughs> That's fine. Is that okay? <laughs> we, we can sit here forever. Okay. During my high school years, if you were looking for me on Monday through Saturday between the hours of 4.45 p.m. and 10 p.m., instant oil change is where you would find me. More specifically, you'd find me in the pit. I'd wake up at about 6 a.m. to walk to school and be there by 7.50. That's an hour and 50 minutes. How long was that school away from you? <laughs> It's like an hour and 50 minutes away, Dory. <laughs> <laughs> How awesome, slow Dora. are you did walking? You, did you go to a school anywhere, Dory? Did you ever attend a school? <laughs> it was a long, it was quite the walk. Like legit. I went I went back to my you hometown Grand Rapids recently and timed it out. Like I didn't walk it, <laughs> but I just put it on the GPS. Actually, I wasn't even in Grand Rapids when I did it. I was here in Texas. But I timed it out. I was like, snap, I was walking up. That don't make no sense. <laughs> Like, that's a long walk. Did my parents love me? You didn't have any friends What's with a car? two hours a walk? I had a friend who had a car. It's actually in another chapter because he would pull up to me next to the car. <laughs> but the car always had like a towel wrapped around the steering wheel. <laughs> like like the column, the steering column. And 
So it was his. It was somebody's car, but he was just mine. <laughs> he was That's a different chapter. It's a different chapter. Go ahead, Dora. Okay, then I'd go to football Read. practice. After practice, I'd catch two city buses to work. I most likely become the greasiest 14-year-old probably ever. But it had its perks. And I had a jerry curl at the time. And the Oh, stop right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should explain. We should explain what a jerry curl is. Uh, Dory, do you mind explaining to the people what a jerry curl is? In redemption for you knowing nothing about Black History Month. Tell the people what a Jerry Curl is because you read this chapter beforehand. So I know you didn't just blow past Jerry Curl without looking it up to see what it was. Right? You read this beforehand. Like a wavy look. Like a A wavy look. Like it's wavy, like real slick and wavy. Like a Mm, it could be. Kind of. Do you have any movie references for a Jerry Curl? No. (laughs) I should have I should have. Do you know what Mike? Do you remember Michael Jackson two point four? Uh, what? Pepsi Cola had a Jerry curl. Pepsi Cola Michael Jackson. Yes, yeah, Pepsi okay. Cola Michael Jackson. That was a Jerry curl. Curl coming down. Just way better done than yeah. what I had. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a Jerry. So I had a Jerry curl. Thank All you. Right, back up. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that a little bit there, Mike. No, I don't think that's necessary. I don't, I don't think, think we, we need talk. Do we have any pictures of this? <laughs> I don't think we need to dwell on it. Actually, there is a, a picture in the book of me with a jerry curl. Yes. I need to get that book. Yes. The pictures yeah, that, are I was going to get it before, you, but if that didn't do it for you. Yeah. You need to get it yeah. Back. So there's a picture of me with a jerry curl. I now know what it is. And okay. where did they get the book at, Dory? <laughs> what? Where did they get this oh, book? Oh, come on. Okay. Funny how life works. <laughs> Book.com. <laughs> That is awesome. That is so cool. And then if they get the book, they also get a free download of my comedy special. That is great. Dory, go ahead. Start back at the sentence right before the um the jerry curl so okay. people can so we can re-up our that. After is somebody laughing in the background when she says that. Yeah, yeah, there is. Akila is here. Oh, Akila's cracked it up. She's saying after practice, I'd catch two city buses to work and most likely become the greasiest 14-year-old probably ever. But it had its perks, as I had a jerry curl at the time, and the oil from the pit seemed to work as an activator. However, I smelled like a four-door Buick. Now, you, you have to understand, the pit is where I lived after school. I was not permitted to talk to customers, run the register, or even see the light of day. My place was underground, below the cars. We called it the pit. It was in the pit that I changed oil for every kind of car you can imagine. Sedans, minivans, 4x4s, hatchbacks, coupes, and Nissan Maximas. They were the worst. You name it, I changed it. It was grueling work for a grown man, let alone a 14-year-old. Our shop had the highest volume of any of the stores in America. The oil was hot and the pace was fast. I was allowed only 10 minutes to change the oil and other fluids before I would hear the infamous ding-dong, which meant another car had pulled up. Hour after hour, day after day, I worked in that pit, changing oil as fast as I could. I've always had a strong work ethic. Stop right there. I just want to say, that was a doggone hard job. That sounds like horrible. I'm 14 years old. I'm in the pit. There's three cars uh, on top of me, and then three cars behind that one. Sometimes we'd be like nine, 12 cars deep, and it's just me in the pit. That stuff was like, yeah. Michael, was like, that was your some, first job? It was my second job. I had a job when I was 13 years old selling candy for the uh, Michigan Youth Club, but it turned out that was completely illegal. <laughs> like the people were running a, they were running a scam. We would sell these little chocolate-covered turtles door-to-door, uh-uh. and we would get 50 cents for everyone we sold, 
I'm sorry, 25 cents for everyone. It depends on who was driving into the neighborhood. Sometimes it's 25 cents. Sometimes we get 50 cents. And it was 2075 cents each. So that was illegal. And then my dad found out about it. He's like, you're doing what? Oh, I got, I'm getting you a job. And he got me a job. Here. Oh, so, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Uh, okay. Don't worry. I've always had a strong work ethic. I mean, as long as I was getting paid more than 60 cents in an orange, I would put my heart and soul into that job. Now, I so know that there's... So 60 cents in an orange yeah. is referring to an earlier chapter. Yes. And that's a pretty 60. specific pay. Like, you just didn't pull it <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's like a... As, as me and Mike recall, Endure as well, that's a callback from an earlier story about me shoveling snow for my neighbor. So that sounds like another that, job, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. I did. I, I was nine years old when I started shoveling snow <laughs> in the neighborhood so I can get me a bike. Not just a bike, Mike. I don't know if you know about this, but a Predator. No. You remember the Predator? predator. Dude, the Predator. My cousin had one. I wanted one, too. Instead, I had a Schwappy, which was half Schwinn, <laughs> half Huffy. It was miserable. <laughs> But we won't get into those details. Did they have the, the slope, the banana bite, the banana seat? It didn't have a seat, dude. Why, why you why you gotta be why you gotta point that out? A seat. <laughs> anyway, we talking about a seat? Anyway, uh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Dory. Okay. And the more I did it, the faster and more proficient I became. In no time at all, I became the LeBron James of the oil changing industry. My coworkers knew it. I was fast as lightning. No over tightened oil filter could slow me down. Oil plug tightened, differential checked, rubber fitting greased, filter replaced, oil change done. I had all the moves. I'm not saying I was the greatest of all time, but if there was a conversation to be had about a possible oily MVP, my name would have probably come up, or at least it would have been in the conversation. Michael Jr., world champion technician. I could almost see the other employees carrying me off on their shoulders, but I was pretty oily, so that may not have ended well. And that's, that's what actually, that's some good. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> I, mean, I could visualize myself slipping off. Plus, I had the jerk curl. That would be all bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's when it happened. One day, I came out of the pit. My journey up top that day wasn't because I was trying to break the rules or gloat about being ahead of schedule. The reason was simple. I was bored. I had finished the oil changes in all three bays quicker than the guys up top could check the windshield wiper fluid and put air in the tires. So I left the pit to see if I could help. At the time, it didn't seem like a big deal, but that trip out of the pit set me in a whole new direction. It turns out I was really good at talking with customers. Someone would come in for an oil change, but after I finished changing the oil, I would come up and explain additional maintenance issues the car needed. I wasn't pushy and I wasn't trying to upsell them. I would just politely let them know about other services we offered. And customers responded. In a matter of days, our revenues picked up significantly. Turns out I could do more than just change oil. I could sell. I could negotiate. I could give the customers a great experience. I was a natural with people, but there were still things I had to learn. For example, I was talking to a customer about a rear differential fluid, and I was using language that I grew up using around my friends. Yo, check it. Here's what you got to do, dog. Every 35,000 miles, this differential fluid got to be changed. Otherwise, the car will start bugging out. <laughs> what did I mean, Dory? <laughs> I knew... That yeah, yeah, you knew. Yeah. I know you knew that part. That's cool. cool. Yeah, so I actually said that to this older lady, but I'll let you finish reading. Go ahead. Okay. Finish, finish. I remember this old white woman staring at me as she sat in the driver's seat of her car and instinctively hitting her power locks as I spoke, even though her window was down. It was pretty weird, and I took myself <laughs> right back down into the pit. Shortly after that incident, the regional manager came down into the pit and explained to me what exactly had taken place. He taught me that when communicating with customers, I had to articulate in a way that they could connect with and receive the information. 
He went on to explain, sometimes you have to meet people where they are to get them to where they need to be. It was a great lesson, and it was his way of encouraging me to come out of the pit and try again. The regional manager was really like a dad to me, and the reason for this is mainly because he was my dad. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I said my dad got me the job, I, like literally, he was like, you coming to work for me tomorrow. And I still had to walk to school. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, he could have picked me up. Michael Sr. was the one who got me the job at age 14, and he would use every opportunity he could to teach me how to navigate life, just like he did from the pit that day, just like he still does today. About four years later, I was working at an independent... My dad dad is awesome. Like, great. I know my parents listen to this podcast. Dad, I love you. You're amazing. I so appreciate you. I could not be the man I am if not for you. And of course, my mom, she just like, my mom was like, 97% 97% plus 100% perfect. So that's 197% perfect. But I love you, Dad. Cause, and mom. Okay, go ahead, Dora. Didn't your mom write you a letter for your birthday? Oh, she did write a letter. I posted it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Did you read it, Mike? No, I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. That's the same answer Dory gave about Black History Month. Yeah, of course <laughs> I read like, it. Nah, of course I, I read it. Oh. Yeah, dude, my mom is dope, man. My wife sometimes says, where does your mom come from? Like, is there a planet somewhere where these people exist? She has never met somebody so... Funny! Not to say, if, if, her, if my wife's mom is listening, you know, we like you too, a lot. <laughs> just, just got weird. Okay, uh, moving on. Go ahead. Okay. About four years later, I was working in an independent oil change location as the assistant manager when two businessmen came into the shop and spoke with the owner about buying the business, but they had one condition. If we're going to buy the shop, we have to have an assurance that Michael Jr. is going to stay on as an employee. We need his expertise. He's making six seventy-five an hour now. Do you think he'll stay if we raise his pay to seven dollars an hour? Wow. Stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How old were you at this moment of time there, sir? Man, I'm well, I'm probably eighteen years old or something like this. Yeah, dude, I hear these cats talking about it. Like, literally, that's how much loot I was making. I thought I was making bank, too. You know, was, <laughs> if we give him like a quarter raise. But here's the thing. Pay. I was eating, like, almost every day. Like, I was doing all right, bro. Like, it wasn't that bad, really. I was working, and I had my own spot, too. But anyway, go ahead. Don't. Okay. I overheard the conversation, saw an opportunity, and I pounced. It was clear to see that these guys in their three-piece suits knew nothing about changing oil. When they approached me about staying on and giving me a raise, I gave a counter offer. I'll stay on, but not just as a technician. I would like some ownership. Because of the understanding I now have. Boom. A, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I had a dream too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had a dream last night. And instead of me just working for you. Go ahead, Dora. Okay. Because of the understanding I now had about communicating with people where they were, as opposed to trying to get them to where I was, I was in a position to actually communicate what I really wanted to see happen. I also understood my value as not just someone who could do a job. I understood my value so much that I was able to negotiate something much better than just more money. And you know what? They agreed. I became a 10% owner of the company with an option for a larger buy later. At 18 years old, I owned my own shop. So it's 18. Okay. As I look back on it now, I realize that interacting with customers in that first oil chain shop was some of my best preparation for my career as a comedian. There's not as much difference as you might think. Comedy is about interacting with people, negotiating through conversation, asking them for a response, and giving them a good experience. That's something I could only learn up top. 
None of it would have happened if I had been satisfied in the pit. Stepping out and trying something new took me from labor to ownership, and I've never forgotten that lesson. Boom. Wow. That was kind of dope. That was like, dope. You're supposed to make a sound effect or something, a well or something. Oh. <laughs> that's not. Not oh. That's not. Nice. Like, well, <laughs> that's nice. Oh, you that's went to nice. Dory Church last week? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I did just get back from South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Dory. Okay. Hey, this is where this is probably my favorite part of the story is what's about to happen next. And okay. Not to set it up too much, but uh, go ahead, Dory. Oh, Read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you find yourself in your own pit. Have you settled in a place that is safe? You may even be really good at it, but on some level, you know it's not satisfying. Sure, it's convenient to do what you're doing, but is there something in your heart that dreams of more? Of course, it feels safer hiding that talent, but will you ever be really happy if you don't put yourself out there and take a shot? If you've been hurt before, it makes sense if you'd rather not try again, but is that the life you really want to live? Whether it's in your career, a relationship, raising your children, or in regard to a talent or dream, as long as you settle for just good enough, you're spending time in the pit when God has so much more available to you. He's the one who gave you that gift. He's the one who placed that dream inside of you. He's the one who sparked the idea you have. He's the one who is calling you up top. Before I finish this chapter, I have to give you one more detail. It's a pretty important part of the story because my journey out of the pit didn't come without opposition. One day, a new assistant manager, who we'll call Mark, got transferred to that first shop I worked at. Listen, by the oh, way, the reason, right I there, to call, right yeah, the reason I wanted is to call it, him is, Mark is, 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 yeah, are you calling him Mark because that was his name? His name was Mark, yeah, and I wanted to let everybody know. His brother's actual name was Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there's no way for him to know. There's a bunch of Marks. It was Mark all over the place. Yeah, it was Mark. It was marking up. It was Sharpies all over Marks. But anyway, go ahead. This is the other thing you read was cool, but this is probably my favorite part of the story, I think. Okay. He was a white guy, probably 28 years old. He didn't know I was the regional manager's son, and I saw no Hold reason. Hold on a second, Dory. Hold on. Describe him again. What, what did you say? Roy? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he was a white guy. No, no, no. You don't got to read it, but just tell me just from what you remember what you just read. Oh. What did you say he was? He was white. Uh-huh. How old? 28. Wow. Amazing. So you read that before, and now we're here, and that was history, but you still remember it. Even though it was a little while ago, so you, you, so, you, so you do have a memory. It's just like a selective memory on what exactly what facts you're going to remember of our history. That's fine. That's fine. That's, it it's, helps I'm that just, it's in front of me right now. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Okay, great. Okay, right. he didn't know I was the regional manager's son, and I saw no reason to offer up that info either. Mark was not the nicest person. He would sometimes throw racial slurs at me while I was in the pit. I didn't mention this to my dad because I already knew I was way more important than the job. Also because they didn't call my dad Big Mike for nothing. On one occasion, Mark saw me up top talking to a customer and shouted across the shop, Hey, junior boy, what are you doing up here? Get back in the pit. That's where you belong. Needless to say, I was hurt. As much as I wanted to go off on him, there really wasn't much I could do but head back down into the pit. As I got down into the pit, I heard my dad's voice in a tone I never enjoyed hearing. Mark, can I talk to you for a moment, please? It was my dad's day off. Why was he even there? I do not know. My view in the pit as I stood under the Honda Accord with the muffler warming the left side of my face was about eight inches between the service floor and the bottom frame of the car. All I could see was my dad's black steel toe, size 13 boots. Walking Stop right there. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was about to say, and Mark's behind. I'm sorry. No. Oh. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> I know, for real. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> All I could see was my dad's black steel toe size 13 boots walking toward the back lunch area with Mark's shiny new brown leather size 10s falling a few feet behind. I couldn't make out exactly what was being said, but I'll never forget what I saw. As he walked away from the pit area, my dad stopped about three feet from the break area's freshly painted red and gray wall. Mark followed my dad and stopped about two feet away from his boots. As they stood there facing each other, I was trying to make out what's being said, but just then the Honda motor started up and I couldn't hear a word. Next, there was movement. My dad took a slow step with his right boot toward Mark's left boot, and then the same with the other foot. They were now toe-to-toe with less than half an inch between their toes. About five seconds passed when I noticed Mark's left foot leave the ground. I assumed that he was about to plant it somewhere so he could walk away, but no. I then saw that Mark's other foot also started to raise up off the ground. And although I could not hear over the shop sounds and the Honda engine, I kind of knew it was being communicated. This was for sure confirmed moments later when I made my way up from the pit to go to the restroom. And for some miraculous reason, Mark seemed to be trying out for the most helpful guy in the world contest. He was so kind and considerate after his conversation with my dad that it was somewhat awkward. What my dad later explained to me is important. As much as possible, try to meet people where they are, but sometimes you have to let them know where you're from. When you step up and step out, there will be days when you face opposition. Not everyone will be happy you're breaking barriers and reaching for your dream. But when circumstances come against you, when critics demand you stay in your place, it feels like taking that risk is too hard. Don't give up. You've got a heavenly father who stands up for you. He never meant for you to live in the pit. He called you up top for a reason. And most importantly, he's got your back. Boom. And that is 100% truth for every listener out there. Now, listen, so my question to you is I pick a uh, off the cuff moment to go off the cuff on. Well, first, Mike, this is the first time you heard the book. What are your thoughts about that story? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm a little confused about what happened between your dad and Mark. Yeah, his feet were off the ground. Did he get suplex? Whatever. Yeah, I think because it was some black people in this story. It was, it was a little choppy story. I should have had Mark be a little more. Anyway, so my dad, what I make from it is he grabbed this dude. My dad is a super professional. Let me just say that. Right. But I'm his son, and now he sees this guy saying this to me, and it's just completely out of order. I'm assuming my dad had heard rumors about this before, but on this in particular day, he actually witnesses it himself right and my dad normally do listen my my dad don't mess around i'm talking about he does not he don't mess around at all especially even before like i got some stories that are not in the book my dad's writing his book, uh, write his book right now but he don't mess around so that's why i never even told my dad this dude was doing this stuff because i'm like snap my dad like i don't want my i don't want dad in prison something like because my dad right. loves me right and right. i know if he knew this oh snap so my dad walks over with him and they're sitting there toe to toe. And I only got like, I can only see like six to eight inches between the car and the floor because I'm in the pit. And I see them literally toe to toe. And I think they're having a conversation. And Mark's foot lifts up. And then his other foot lifts up. And they both are up for a while, probably like five or six seconds. This dude is hovering. Wow. So clearly, my dad kind of grabbed him up. And then that dude came back down like an alien being released. I mean, like a person being released from an alien ship or something. <laughs> And he come back down. He's the nicest person in the world. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? Need anything? Can I help you down there? I'm like, what in the world has happened? And then for my dad to say that, listen, it's important that you meet people where they are. But sometimes you got to let them know where you're from. <laughs> Boom. And listen, 
as far as the off the cuff moment to go off the cuff moment, I highly recommend you always, always do everything you can to meet people right where they are. But sometimes it's important to let them know where you're from. And what I mean by that is, what is your story? What pit have you been in that now as a result of being in that pit, you're in a better place where you could actually teach someone else, whether it be in some sort of confrontation where you don't necessarily get violent, but you explain to them in a way where you're not silent. Because the fact that you've been in a pit just means that now you're in a position to come up out of it. The only thing you can do is come up, but you have to make the choice to come up. And believe me when I tell you, you have a heavenly father who by all means will help you do exactly that because he doesn't want you in that pit. He wants you up top where you belong. So with that being said, we so appreciate you. We're going to read another chapter like next week, right? Ah, we do another chapter next week. So that's dope. We're going to read another chapter. And in addition to that, I also want to say that you can get the book. You can. I don't know how to get I keep forgetting. How do you get the book? <laughs> do you remember how to get the book? Funny <laughs> That is completely true. Funny how life works book.com. Funny how life works book.com. So we really appreciate you guys so much. Do not forget to check out my friends. They're hilarious. They're awesome. Mike Goodwin, just in these bow tie comedy are over the place. But if you put in Mike Goodwin and comedy, some stuff is going to pop up and you are going to laugh. Same thing with Dory. It's the only reason I have them on this show with me because they're just amazing people who are really about helping people through comedy, through story, through delivering what God has given them. So for Ranicolas, who's not here, I'm Michael Jr. These are some awesome friends of mine. We appreciate you. Don't forget, it's funny how life works when you make life work, not just for you, but for other people as well. Notice how I said that like it was something we always say? This is the first time I've ever said that before. <laughs> it sounded kind of dope the way it just rolled off the tongue, but I can't even remember what I just said. Anyway, funnyhowlifeworksbook.com. We appreciate you. We love you. It's Michael Jr. and them. We out. So right now, we just ended the podcast, but Dory brought up a good point for anybody who's listening. We're deciding right now. This is some hot off the press. You're really not supposed to get this information. We're trying to decide what book, what chapter to read next, because a lot of people think this book is only funny. Right. But Dory, you were just saying about chapter 20. Like, what, what are your thoughts? Because we wanted you to read that one, but like, or chapter 20, 12, or 11. And uh, what are your thoughts on 20 without getting into the details, Dory? Um, it's just such a powerful story. I just, I honestly, I, I kept trying to read it out loud without, I'm like, you're going to make it. You're going to make it without la- without crying. <laughs> and I just couldn't do it. Like I was just, I kept getting choked up and then I'd cry and then I'd be like, it's going to, all right, start, try again. And I just, it was just very powerful and it's, wow, I couldn't that do it. <laughs> so. That means a lot, Dora. So would you prefer us not read 20 to the people because you're going to get a little choky and me and Mike going to make fun of you? Or what, like, what are you, <laughs> I why, think, why you got to be a girl about it? No, I'm just, I know. I, well, I, I, I just think it. it's going to – I break down. So I'm like, it's not – I'm not going to recover very quickly. So I don't know if I can <laughs> make it <laughs> – it won't be funny. It'll be like <laughs> – Okay, so with that being said, people, you guys should tune in next week to see which chapter we actually decide to read with Dory. The breakdown chapter. I can tell no. you now. Yeah. Now you just want to hear me cry. The extras. It's going to be the, the breakdown chapter. Dory's breakdown. story. Ain't no black people in this one. She's she going to remember it. It's going to be awesome.